Dylan Brooks is gone from the Memphis Grizzlies. Jackson Mahomes can't stay out of the news. Alabama baseball is a mess. Lamar has signed a deal to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And the USFL might be trying to steal the Stallions from Birmingham. All this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Silverman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Silver 14 You can find me on Twitter at Slaked by Jake. Joining me later on is my co-host Christy for Christy's Corner. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for sports in different forms and varieties. Well, it is May. It's gonna be May. I had to do it. I'm sorry. And obviously right now we would think that there would not be a lot of sports news in regards to it being May considering that all of our small market teams aren't in the playoffs. And boy, am I wrong. Because right now we do have a lot of news. And the first and foremost one that has to go on has to do with the Memphis Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks. So it has been announced that the Memphis Grizzlies will not be bringing back Dylan Brooks. He's going to be a free agent. And really with this, this announcement came basically after he was, I mean, after the Grizzlies were eliminated from the playoffs. Now, do I like the move? I hate to say it and I hate to, you know, feel like I'm going to bring down a lot of other Memphis Grizzlies fans, but yeah, I like the move. Here's why. Dylan Brooks is a solid player. However, even though he's the longest tenured player and he's a six-year veteran, he averaged 14 points this year, but he wasn't in the news for that. He was in the news for basically challenging people to fights, calling out LeBron, calling out other players, basically, you know, trying to be someone who he wasn't. He had 18 technical fouls. He got suspended for striking Donovan Mitchell in the groin. So you name it, really, Dylan Brooks has not had a good year. Now, With Memphis wanting to move on from him, that means that they can focus on creating their dynasty. Memphis is a great regular season team. However, they struggle in the playoffs. They need to find a player who's been to the playoffs many times and knows what to do. Dylan Brooks, sadly, has not been in that situation. He's been to the playoffs, but he doesn't know what to do. He's the longest tenured player, or was the longest tenured player, on the Memphis Grizzlies, but he never really focused on anything of how to be a leader, how to improve, how to be, I guess, the best version of himself. So his, really with this, it was kind of a, I guess, I don't want to say sigh of relief because, you know, he definitely doesn't deserve to just be like told, hey, you know, by the way, you aren't going to be brought back and it was happening right after the season ended. But I think with this, he definitely had kind of seen it coming. The writing was on the wall. And it definitely does suck because, you know, seeing a player lose a chance to get a job is, you know, awful. Now, does any team want him? I don't really know. When you have this many red flags and you have this many, I guess, players or team members who are caused trouble, you know, jaw caused a lot of trouble too. And jaw had mentioned how they weren't fully locked in. It doesn't really help 
So I could see him potentially getting another chance. I mean, he's a decent player. But also I think with this, it could be based on his behavior that might not get him a, another opportunity. Now, is Memphis better off without him? I mean, we can't really tell. You know, you've got a great point guard in John Morant. Desmond Bain looks great. Jaron Jackson Jr. just won the Defensive Player of the Year. And obviously, you're getting Brandon Clark and Steven Adams back from their injuries. So I think they could be, but they have that missing piece. And they don't need someone who can be arrogant or, you know, like Dar- Dylan Brooks. They need someone with a fiery personality, but they don't need someone who can be arrogant. And that's where I think that they were struggling because... You know, they thought they were so much better than they actually were, and that's what got them in trouble this year. Now, moving on to our next point, while this isn't really a big focus because obviously our small market teams from the South aren't in the NBA playoffs, we still have to highlight what's going on with the playoffs because, I mean, we focus on news, and it's definitely very important for us to kind of just see what's going on. So right now, we are in the semifinals. So, you know, we've got this series and then we've got another series and then we've got the finals. So with this, I'm, you know, very excited. It's been a great series so far, but then there are a lot of things that need to be approached. Right now, the Denver Nuggets have a 2-0 lead over the Phoenix Suns, but the Phoenix Suns just announced that Chris Ball is day-to-day. Here's the thing that I've noticed when watching the Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns is that the Phoenix Suns don't have the role players. You want to know why? Because they traded said role players to get Kevin Durant. They gave up so much to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did not fix as much. So right now, you've got a few different players there. You know, you've got Devin Booker. You've got Bismack Biombo, I believe. You've got Campaign. And then you've got Chris Paul. Chris Paul's hurt. DeAndre Ayton is good, but, you know, with it, sometimes he kind of takes a step back. And you got Josh Akogi. You need these players to basically play a perfect game to beat out the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets have looked good with Jokic. I know that Jokic is not the MVP anymore. More on that later. But then you've got Jamal Murray. You've got Michael Porter Jr. For some reason, Michael Porter Jr. actually looks pretty good. And then you've got a really good bench. The bench with the Phoenix Suns isn't as good, and they need to address that in how they can win a potential game so they don't get swept. Now, next up, we've also got a game in regards to the Warriors and the Lakers. Now, who's the true warrior in this? Our options are either the Warriors or the Lakers, but we've seen LeBron versus Steph before, and it's been a great series. In the first game, they let Jordan Poole take the game-winning shot. They ultimately lost. Jordan Poole has tried this before. They've ultimately lost whenever Jordan Poole is the last to have the ball. So this is a message for Steve Kerr. This is a message for the Golden State Warriors. Do not let Jordan Poole shoot the ball if it's going to be a game winner. I understand that they're going to try and double Steph. I understand they're going to try and double Clay, or Clay might not be there. But you're not going to win if Jordan Poole is trying to shoot that. Remember, Jordan Poole is the most up-and-down player. Y'all are realizing that because you just paid him so much over the four years. So... Even though he's looked good in the past, he doesn't look good this year. Moving on from that. I don't know who the true villain is going to be for the Lakers or the Warriors. I mean, we obviously have the Warriors who just won last year. But with the Lakers, you've got LeBron. You got 
Anthony Davis. And this is a team that was losing at first, and they just pulled off a couple of trades. So if it's possible, can both teams lose? I mean, I know that both teams can't lose. But I don't know which team might be the best option here. Now, speaking of Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid has officially won the MVP. It's well-deserved. You know, he was the runner-up last year, and he had a fantastic year. I think with Joel Embiid having this fabulous year, I know that's really weird for me to say, to say fabulous, but still, looking at him, he averaged 33 points per game. That is incredible. You know, to average 33 points and be the leader in points at a center position. He had 10 rebounds. He had four assists. He did terrific there. So I think with this, he's definitely done a great job. And this is so well-deserved, and I'm very proud of him here. Now, can the Miami Heat win without Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler had an ankle injury in the first game. He should be back soon, but it's too early to tell. But they definitely did miss him in Game 2, where they had the lead and then ultimately lost it to the New York Knicks. The Knicks have had a fantastic season, especially with Jalen Brunson and bringing in Josh Hart at the trade deadline. So I think with it, it could be possible that they win. But also with their bench, they have a bench problem too, is that they have bench players, but they don't play as much as they usually do. And now they're being asked to play more. Now, final question on this point, who has the best shot of moving on to the next round? It's really too early to tell. I feel like at this rate, the Denver Nuggets have the best shot of moving on if they keep playing well. I feel like with the Miami Heat, if they get Jimmy Butler back, they can move on. With the Boston Celtics, it really does depend. So everything is so up in the air. There isn't one sure team who I think should move on right away because we still have a lot of game left. Now let's talk about Alabama. Now not only am I from Alabama, but I graduated from Alabama and I'm a proud alumni. However, after the past few days, it has been a very interesting time for Alabama. So last Friday at the time of this recording, it is Thursday. So happy 504 day. Happy May the 4th be with you. But as of last Friday, there was suspicious wagering activity detected on the Crimson Tides game against LSU. And Ohio gambling regulators instructed the state to halt the betting of college baseball games involving Alabama. This later was also regulated in the states such as Philadelphia, New Jersey, and it seemed very off. It was, you know, something seemed off about this, and everyone was a little confused of, all right, you know, what, what does this have to do with anything? And then come out today, at the time of this recording, where Alabama's baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, was fired after being linked to suspicious bets. Now, with this, there was Sportsbook surveillance indicating that the person who placed the bets was communicating with Bohannon. So basically, long story short, it's seeming like that there are things that the baseball team was doing and Brad Bohannon was kind of at the stage of it. And now Jason Jackson will serve as the interim head coach. Now, this is centered on two bets on the LSU Tigers to win from an unidentified customer. And then after this, they were also concerned too because they started another pitcher and they then ended up losing to LSU. 
And everyone was kind of off about this, a little concerned. So they obviously went in to look into this. And now Alabama is handling this the right way. However, the reason why this is so messed up is because Alabama cannot stay out of the news. Oh my gosh. I don't know what is going on. Because a few days ago, too, the Alabama associate deputy AD was also arrested. And he was charged with domestic violence. So Alabama just cannot get out of their way. And then, oh, this this isn't, you know, better or anything. Just wait, because right now they also had to stop recruiting a commit because he was on the strip and he pulled out a gun and he reeked of marijuana. And Alabama has learned guns are bad. So really with this... I think that it's kind of been really all over the place with Alabama. And I mean, with this, Jaquan Walton is no longer transferring to Alabama because the police said he had a gun and he had marijuana in his car. So I don't know what's going on with my college. I don't know what is happening, but we need to figure it out because really with this, it's a mess. And Alabama usually doesn't have messes like this. And I feel like with it, you know, we need to get it all out. You know, we had the situation with Darius Miles and then they included Brandon Miller into it too. But now it's just getting out of hand. Fortunately with this right now, you know, we also had Alabama see so many of their players drafted. But this is taking a turn for the worse. I don't know what Greg Byrne needs to do. I don't know what the university needs to do. Obviously, you know, firing Brad Bohannon right away is important, and I'm glad they did that. But now you have a lot of teams who are not looking like Alabama, and they need a culture improvement, and they need to be shocked, or as Eminem says, they need to step back to reality because right now, here comes gravity, and it's not looking good for the 205 in T-Town. And it's Friday, which means it is time for Christy's Corner. Be sure to join in as Christy breaks down some of her hot takes and focuses on some new and exciting news. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Now, before we move on to our final points, there is some breaking news that did come out just recently, and it's the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to fire Mike Budenholzer. Now, this comes as a shock to me because they are only about two years removed from their NBA championship. They were the number one seed this year. Ultimately, I know that they got upset by the Miami Heat, but it still comes as a shock, really. Now, I don't know what kind of coach they're going to be looking for. I mean, obviously, you have Giannis, who is still one of the best players in the NBA. But also with this, it was just really a surprise. I feel like with it, you know, he just led them to a championship. So what could have led to it? What could have been the reason why they got rid of Mike Budenholzer? Did they think that there was another coach? Did they think that there was a better opportunity? Now, John Horse, the general manager, had said that the decision to make this change was difficult. Now, as sad as it sounds, you know, you, that it's a business. You know, the NBA has to say stuff like this. But they want to refocus and re-energize their efforts because they want to win a championship again. The Bucks, long story short, want to create a dynasty. 
it's really hard to create a dynasty in the NBA because you have teams like the Warriors. You have teams like the Boston Celtics. It's really hard to do that. But also, your stars are getting older. Drew Holiday is getting older. Giannis is getting older. And so is Chris Middleton. So who is after that? Well, that's the thing. No one really. And Budenholzer had two years left on his deal. So winning, you know, 58 games and being the number one seed is great. But then losing to the eighth seed can be hard. And I feel like with this too is that they also were questioning his decision-making skills because they had double-digit leads. But I think with it, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, he had a winning percentage. He had the best record in the league across the time. They finished with the best record in three separate seasons, but they didn't make it to the finals in those seasons. And then with this, though, too, it seemed like when he faces Miami, that's where he struggles. But it's still a bit of a surprise because I thought, you know, Mike Budenholzer would be, you know, the coaching for the Milwaukee Bucks. But also this could mean that a lot of other coaches or other, other, other teams could look to hire Mike Budenholzer or Mike Budenholzer could find his way to being on the staff of another team when the season begins in October. Welcome back to another episode of Christie's Corner. I have like a variety of information for you today. Most of it's football related. We'll talk some baseball and then there's just some troubling stories. So the first one that I think is taking over the world is Jackson Mahomes. We all know him as Patrick's little brother, kind of cringy. He's most known for his TikTok dances, but he was arrested Wednesday on four counts. So three of them were for aggravated sexual battery, and then he had one additional count of just battery. Um, he did have a $100,000 bond. He is out already, and this all stems from the video that was leaked a few months ago where he was seen kissing a 40-year-old woman who owned a restaurant, and it was like a forceful kiss. He was grabbing her by the neck. He kind of came up behind her and did it, and then the same lady has accused him of shoving one of her waiters, so... What was released, and I think I saw it through TMZ, is a short clip. And all you see in this is Jackson coming up behind her and kind of grabbing her by the neck and kissing her. The problem I have with this and with anything like this is this is just a short piece in one part of the story. So what we see obviously looks very troubling and like he should be in trouble for it and I think a lot of people are quick to write him off just because of his reputation and basically him living off his brother is what people claim but the other part of me wants to say slow down this was literally like a 10 second clip there's obviously more to it you can't hear anything in the clip so we don't know what was being said We don't know what happened before this. We don't know if this is their first interaction. There's just a lot of unknowns. It is very much a he said, she said situation right now. I know Jackson's lawyer says they do have evidence to prove that this was not 
a sexual battery incident that I don't know if I would call it consensual, but he's just saying that they do have evidence to prove otherwise. So it's just, it's hard to say without knowing the whole truth. I mean, obviously we weren't there. So I think a lot of people cheered when this came out. I know he's been getting like heckled a lot by people as he was released, but there's definitely more to come from this. I think he has to make an in-person appearance like in the middle of May. So we'll keep you updated with that. The next big topic that people are talking about kind of revolving around NFL is Lamar Jackson. Now, if you are a true podcast listener, you will know I'm not a huge Lamar fan. I just, I'm not sure that his ego matches his talent yet for me, but he did just sign a five-year deal with the Ravens worth $260 million, and they just kind of had a press conference about this. Um, and before they had signed this deal, um, it was known that he was kind of shopping around, see if, seeing if he could be traded anywhere, if anyone was willing to pay that much, and nobody really bit. But now Lamar is saying he never thought seriously about going anywhere else. And I don't like that. I feel like he was using that to almost bully the Ravens into giving him this deal. And maybe they were going to the whole time. Again, it's another closed-door situation. We don't know. And I get it. The NFL is a business. We see the entertainment side of it. But behind closed doors, it is a business. And, you know, you have to play that game, especially when you're dealing with that much money. But to me, it was like a bribing or almost threatening situation from Lamar. So... I don't know that he deserves to be the highest paid quarterback. Not yet, at least. Let's get a Super Bowl under your belt. I know he was MVP, but I think there's more deserving people. And I was really excited when Jalen was the highest paid and Lamar kind of dethroned him. Now, I hope Lamar can prove us all wrong. I love to see a good success story. I hope he can be the generational quarterback that Harbaugh thinks he is. So we'll see what happens next season. I know they're getting him some weapons, so maybe it could work. So while he is not a new face to the NFL, we do have lots of new faces because of the draft, and we're going to start talking about a lot of those new players. But the first one we kind of wanted to shout out was Broderick Jones. He is a new Steelers player. He's a tackle for them. He was drafted from Georgia. He was a big name there. And he decided that he's going to wear the number 77 to honor former teammate Devin Willock. If you'll remember, Devin was one of the Georgia players who was killed in that racing car accident where Jalen Carter actually still has a part in that. There's probably some civil charges that are going to come out of that from him. I think it's really great to see players keep his memory alive because I'm sure if he continued, we would have seen him in the NFL as well. It's kind of just like what we saw at the draft with UVA, just not letting all those players be forgotten. And I think that speaks volume of the character of these players. And unfortunately, someone that maybe lacks a little bit of character as Alabama's baseball coach, he was just fired on Thursday. That's Brad Bohannon. And he was fired for suspicious betting activity 
on the game against LSU. The thing that irks me the most about this is that he's involved in two bets for LSU to win. I mean, what kind of team community, team bonding is that? You are literally betting on your own team to lose. That's insane to me. And I totally support the firing simply because of that reason. I'm not a big, like, anti-betting person. I know, I get it. Like, you don't want players and coaches to be throwing games just to win money. And I do understand that. But I don't think... I don't know, such severe penalties, I guess, should be enforced. But this one was crazy to me. Now, he is not the person who actually placed the bet. But the person that was seen placing the bet was talking to Brad at the time. And I think this happened with sports book somewhere in Ohio. But there's all kinds of instances popping up that they are flagging as being suspicious specifically with this game Alabama versus LSU so I'm sure we're gonna learn a lot more they've said that there's no reason to think any of the student athletes were involved which is really great I just hope this team can kind of rally back from this I mean losing your head coach especially with something like that I think can put a damper on a lot of the players and maybe they're they'll go on and do great just to kind of prove a point to him and that's what I'm hoping that we'll see and for my last point I'm gonna jump to something that's a little bit far away but I think it's important to keep up with and I'm talking about the college football playoff expansion so this is set to happen in 2024 the 2024-25 season which is actually pushed up it wasn't supposed to happen until 2026 so We'll make it through one season, one more season with four teams in the playoffs, and then we'll have this new playoff expansion. So it'll move to 12 teams, and it's basically going to create like a month-long melee, which I love for college football. It's going to be like the equivalent to March Madness. And there's some interesting things to note. So we know with college football, they have all the bowl games, which some of the bowl games people say don't mean anything, but that's not going to be true when this happens. And they're going to be switching bowl games between quarter and semifinals. So first in 2024, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl will be played in the quarterfinals and the Cotton Bowl and Orange Bowl will be played in the semifinals and then 2025 that will switch. The Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl will be played in the quarterfinals in both 2024 and 2025. Now something I wanted to point out because I know there are some people who have really high expectations and are really emotional about this next point. The one thing that they did not change that I think they could have, the championship game will still be played on Monday night. Is that a hurt it here first? Maybe, but they're not changing it. I looked as far as 2025, and I think 2024 was January 20th. That's a Monday. 2025 was January 19th. That's a Monday. So, I mean, I get it. Like, they don't want to compete with NFL players. But also, college football is a big deal, and some games have more views than NFL. So I think we can move it to a Saturday night, but even a Friday night, like anything but Monday. But 
at least for a while, we're not going to get that wish. But that's all for Christy's Corner this time. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I do definitely agree that I was a little sad to see that Lamar is now the highest paid because we were so excited about Jalen. Hopefully, Jackson Mahomes gets it all figured out. But with that, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to. Now, moving on to our final point, actually, we do have some focus on the USFL, and it is based on the Birmingham Stallions. So, a few days ago, the USFL had patented the phrase, the Dallas Stallions. Now, with this, a lot of Birmingham Stallions fans in the city of Birmingham got nervous. Does that mean that the Birmingham Stallions are moving? Does that mean that attendance is low? We don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of back and forth with it. So with the USFL, it is now located in Birmingham. It's headquartered in Birmingham. It operates out of Birmingham. They have a few other cities that host games and host matches, as they should. But with this, there's a lot of concern of that they might lose out to not only having a team in Birmingham, but all in all USFL as well. I think what they were doing is meant to be a precautionary. Now, do I like it? Not necessarily, because with this, will the Stallions move? We don't really know. I don't think they will, because, I mean, the Birmingham Stallions existed in the 80s, and I could see them, you know, still existing now. And they're a good team, you know. They're currently 2-1, and one, and they have some really talented players. So I think they could still stick around. But if they were to move, what would it mean for the South? Well, Birmingham has grown a lot over the past few years. They've hosted a lot of wonderful events. You know, they hosted the World Games. They have a semi-pro basketball team. And UAB basketball has grown a lot, too. So they're still very well known in the South. But they're not, you know, Atlanta. They're not Nashville. They're not Charlotte. So with that it kind of raises some concerns of, you know, what can this team do? Or what can the city do when it's, you know, doesn't have a semi-pro football team? Now, do we have a big reason for it? No, not really. But what we can do is just continue to support the Birmingham Stallions as much as we can at this time, because that's how we're going to be successful. And we want to make sure that the teams that are here and that the games that are being played in Birmingham are successful so we can keep these teams around for a very long time. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have grown without y'all over the past three years. It truly means a lot. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, basically on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, JakeSill14, or my personal Twitter, at Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Maria underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. We will be back on Tuesday with some more news and some more focus in regards to all the excitement that's going on in the offseason. I know that we're always going to have a lot more excitement, so it's going to be great. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share with your friends. It really means a lot to get the word out there, and that's how we can continue to make content for y'all every week. And as always, as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have done it without y'all.
Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring light into this world. Continue to bring excitement into this world, too. And as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care.